plains are for the vagabonds, wanderers and cowboys. Their home is a saddle, the sky is their roof, the ground is their bed. What they lack in material comfort is regained in the knowledge that they are always home. To them, the journey is the destination. Should they find gold at the end of the rainbow, they would leave it there and seek another, choosing freedom over the burden of the park. I haven't thought once of Oregon. No dreams of the ocean or snow-covered mountains. I only dream of the journey. That is all. No gold for me. Just the rainbow. no loyalty except loyalty to the party. They're so threatened by the idea that a conservative speaker might be persuasive and interesting and funny. One man's vulgarity is another man's lyric. And I would say one person's offensive speech is somebody else's challenging the status quo, rocking the boat speech. Are you looking for a podcast that contains verbal safe spaces and is free from trigger warnings? If so, you've come to the wrong place. Because we expect our conversations to be filled with rigorous debate, discussion, and even disagreement. Welcome to the Socially Sensitive Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. I'm your host, David. And I'm Wolfie. Hey, that was pretty quick. Didn't seem like much of a, a little bit of a lag, no lag there. It seemed like it's going pretty smooth. Good. Good deal. Good, 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 good. So, uh, how's your week been? Uh, well, so far, so good. It's a long week at work, which means I work uh, Monday and Tuesday. I'll be off the next two days. Well, today and tomorrow I'm off. And uh, then I go back and have to pull the weekend Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's always fun. <clears throat> yeah, everybody yeah. loves working the weekends. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, the weekends are pretty. Uh, once you get past Friday, Saturday, and Sunday is pretty chill at the jail. Yeah. That's good because you don't have a. There's not a whole lot of. I mean, you you'll have a few attorney visits and stuff like that, but most of the activities through the week, it just it, yeah, that you have through the week, it's ain't there. Cause, you know, there's no uh, there's no court on the weekend. You might get you know a few attorney visits. That's about it. It's really kind of laid back. Okay. It's just long days. And the cool part about it is, is I got told I had to take some time off or I would start losing time. So I'm taking uh, Wednesday and Thursday off next week. That's good. And I will have a, I'll have a whole week How, off. How's your time? Does it like follow like your anniversary date as far as your employment? Or I guess it's not following a fiscal year because... It just right? starts. It's it started occurring as soon as I started working there. Okay, so yeah, followed uh, anniversary date. So now that I'm, now that I've been there for as long as I have, that I've bumped up from the starting time because at the beginning is like zero to five years. You get I'm not sure it's like eighty some hours, and now that I'm above that, I'm in the ninety six hour zone so i get 96 hours of holiday and holiday uh, 96 hours of uh of pto and it just keeps occurring until i get to 96 and once i get there if i don't take any time off i won't can i won't get any more time oh okay so i have to take time off so if 
That way I don't lose the time. Right. <clears throat> they don't really take any and away. So, you just don't accrue anymore. So, yeah. Right. You're not earning. Once you, once you hit, yeah, once you hit your cap, you're done. Mm. Unless you take time off. And that's what my, my boss, she called me and she's like, hey, you need to take some time off uh, either this week or next week because you're going to start losing time. And they want to let you like, take. Right. They won't let you take pay and in, in its place. No. no, shoot, no! Are you kidding me? They'll barely let you get any overtime up there, no. because what they'll do, like uh, transportation, is probably one of the most busy departments that we have up there, and they're always going over on their time, mm. and they're always getting, they're always like taking Fridays off. Because they don't want to pay any overtime, and that's the thing. They're here uh, least recently. They've been like, "Oh, you know, we're shorthanded, and we need over. We'll, we'll we'll pay overtime." But the thing about it is, is, and I'm this is what I'm afraid is going to happen is I'll go in and pull a twelve hour shift on one day, and then the next day they'll be like, "Oh, hey, you need to take this day off because we're not going to pay you any time. We just needed somebody to cover that day." You know, and right. I'm just like, I don't want to put myself in that position because this is going to make me mad. If I give up my day off to come in and work, then I expect to get paid. Right. A little bit of extra compensation. But... I want some cash. <laughs> and But they always seem to do that. It's like, you know, oh, you're, you've you got too much time. You've got to, you know, you've got too much time on your page, on your, on the time clock, or you got too much time. Uh as a matter of fact, I had to go up to Roanoke and sit with a uh, an inmate in the hospital up there. My normal shift is six to six, and uh, that particular day I went up there, and my relief didn't get there till like nine nine thirty. And so I went up. I spent the weekend. You know, I had to stay the weekend with this guy. My relief didn't get there till nine thirty, and I told my lieutenant about it. She supposedly adjusted my time. But then when I came back, she's like, well, you need to leave early today. I'm like, why? <laughs> yeah, well, because you, you were there for some like six to nine the other day. And so you need to leave early, three hours early today because we're not going to pay you in overtime. And I was like, great. Um, Where we started the intro with uh, 1883, you know, Elsa is the little voiceover is how they start each episode each week. So that's how we started today. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, like I said, you watched it this week. This week was uh, episode eight. What was the name of the episode this week? Was The Weep of Surrender. There was a bunch of news that come out within, well, yesterday and today about Taylor Sheridan um, and his new shows that he's, you know, because he's the golden child right now with uh, Paramount. Mm-hmm. You know, right. which he's done Yellowstone. The ones he's got on right now is Yellowstone, 1883, what we're covering here, and uh, The Mayor of Kingstown, which is the Jeremy Rayner show. And that, I mean, that's a real good show, too. But, and we knew they were doing a spin another spinoff of Yellowstone, The Four Sixes, which is the Texas Ranch. They've announced actually one, two, three, four, five more shows. Wow. Having to do with Yellowstone? Two of them are the the 1932 is no, that's it 32 not 30 is the the little glimpse in time and then there's one which will be and they also announced the second season of 1883 
So I guess our mm-hmm. thoughts on it being a one one and done season, you know, like they originally said, is not going to happen. Which I didn't figure it would. That's too big a cash cow right now because um, yeah. it's breaking all kinds too, of records for them as far as viewing for Paramount. But it's too popular. <clears throat> uh, Landman is another one of theirs. It's Billy Bob Thornton will be the main character in it, mm-hmm. and it's about. It, I think it's more modern day. He's a crisis manager for like a big oil rig. I think it's still going to revolve around Texas and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But then there was Lioness, which is Zoe Salden, Saldana. I don't remember her, but it, I guess the Lioness is a CIA program, a, a real program that exists that it's going to be based on that more CIA, FBI kind of modern day stories um the tulsa king is the sylvester stallone one where he's the uh mm-hmm. you know kansas city guy uh boss, kansas city mafia yeah boss reeves is another one it's a black western centered around boss reeves who is the character that uh the lone ranger was based off of who was a, a black cowboy you know ranger you know to retell the story Back when Lone Ranger came out, in that time, it wouldn't have uh, held as good an audience if they'd have yeah. actually followed with uh, a Black Marshall. I think it might have been Texas too, Oklahoma. Rangers are Oklahoma. from Rangers are Rangers are from Texas. Yeah, this says that he was the over the Oklahoma territories. He was a yeah, marshal. Anyway, here's here's a little quick clip. Okay, how do we reinvent the wheel again? What's the next thing we want to do? You know, we're in an interesting time in scripted drama in TV because everyone is attempting to find this new way in to tell a story. And I've done it with all my shows where I looked at a forgotten part of the American experience. Taylor is an extraordinary writer. I love Taylor's writing. There's an intensity to it. There's a urgency to it. We have a lot of trust and and love for each other uh, as artists. So a lot of good things can happen from that. With Yellowstone, I had built out this backstory of where the Dutton family came from. And with 1932, I chose that moment in time to peek back in because you're seeing the children we've met in 1883 now attempting to raise another generation of Dutton at a time of the Wild West becoming a playground for the elite from the East. And as far as Bass Reeves goes, that's a parallel world. The 1880s, Bass Reeves, who's the first African-American marshal west of the Mississippi, policing the entire Oklahoma territories. When I'm casting, I'm seeking the great actors of our generation. And David Oyello is is a once a generation talent. To look at a character like Bass Reeves, I mean, this is the guy the Lone Ranger was based on, who got whitewashed out of history. And I just can't wait to get on that horse and tell this story. I want to go get movie stars. An opportunity to work with someone like Stallone, it just follows this model. The Tulsa King is a very interesting story. He's a lifetime gangster. He took the fall for his bosses and went to prison for 25 years, kept his mouth shut, and now he comes out. Next thing you know, he's in Tulsa. So he has to now start a new life, create a gang, because they want him to be an earner. And that's when the fun begins. What I try to do is peek as authentically into a world as I can. Lioness is an actual program between the CIA and Special Forces that truly no one knows about. Nicole Kidman came to this project very early on once I'd written the pilot and was so moved by it, she wanted to be involved as a producer. 
We have cast Zoe Saldana, and this is a deep dive in the way with which espionage and the military. Yeah, he's getting some, he's getting, you know, some big name stars. Mm-hmm. Movie stars bringing them to back to television. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he's the name right now that can do that. So, Well, it's, it's, it's his success from Yellowstone. Right. That has allowed him to. He got Cosner to come and play the, the main guy there on that show. I guess the father. Yeah, James. And, uh, yeah. Or and John, so he's, John, uh, sorry. Yeah. So, you know, and you get that one, you know, and then all the, and they, and these other stars, the good stuff that's coming out of it. And, you know, and plus the money to be made. Yeah. You know, let's don't just, it's not just all, you know, sweetness and nice. They're looking at, hey, this guy's pretty talented. He's putting this night 18 or this Yellowstone thing's awesome. And then he's, Kicked off 1883s, went through the roof. Everybody's like, oh, this is so cool. It's, it's breaking records for, like you said, uh, viewership. And so they're not, they, these people aren't stupid. They didn't get where they were at because they're dumb. And they're like, hey, I want to get on board this gravy train. Oh, Plus you got Paramount's probably, you know, a, allowing him to do things more so that you would see maybe like in movies instead of on TV. Right. And they're actually going on to TV. Yeah, that's what that like that's what he that one comment he said was yeah he's wanting to do full length films in a in a one hour episode yeah the quality and well the I mean when and, when you went to the movies back in the day you went to about it was an hour hour ten minutes yeah you know your old movies that you from from Hollywood you know a, a long movie back then would be like an hour and a half whereas now you know we're at, we're sitting at uh, Three and a half. Um, yeah, and yeah. The new Batman's gonna be yeah. Hour movies, particularly long. Those Lord of the Rings movies, they were all up into the three hour range, I believe. It's going to get to the point where the movies are going to get to, like if they were to take the Zack Snyder cut of the Justice League and actually release it in theaters, they would have to have like intermissions, yeah, <laughs> to get people through it because you couldn't sit and watch the whole thing in. You know? In a theater in one city, because if you well, if you were able to do it, you didn't take a drink in, and you didn't take any popcorn in, you know. And, and they're not going to do that, so they'll do it. They have to do an intermission that way you can go out, pee, do whatever, refill your popcorn, refill your drink, go back and, and finish watching the movie. I mean, we're just lucky. We watched it on, like I said, we watched it on uh, what is it, HBO Max. I think it's where it showed up. Yeah, I think. So there, you mean you can pause it. You can go, you know, like I said, if you got to go to the bathroom, you know, that way you don't miss nothing. You can go, you know, make you some popcorn or make you a snack or whatever, and then go back and hit play and start right over where you left off at. I've blurred. I love to explore the richest, most invigorating stories, and I just want to work with those people who I've admired. And with Landman, I developed that for Billy Bob Thornton. He's a crisis manager for an oil company. It's about the world of the oil business that we generally don't see. When you see writing that good, it really excites you. I want to continue to make long-form films that we're showing in one-hour increments. Paramount had the same vision that I did. They're recognizing that what we're creating is special, and they're giving us the resources to do it. And that's a great partner. Yeah, I'm curious what their budget per episode is on some of this. Mm, I'd say it's outrageous. Yeah. And that segment was brought to you by Paramount Plus. Uh, Now send us our uh, 
free subscriptions. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's a uh, stars, you know, major Hollywood star talents don't come cheap. You know, Stallone, it's not, then that's going to go into budget. Right. You know what I'm saying? Having to pay, pay his, what he wants to do that. The man in Yellowstone, don't sign these people. No. And, for, the, you know, it, for, and it's for not crimes. like they're filming, yeah, come out work. Then it's not like they're filming an easy movie. Not that a movie would be easy, but. Listen to some of the interviews of them on 1883 talking about the the recording schedule, the shooting schedules. It's just how mm. how much they work, how much time they're putting in, you know, that it's how grueling it is that it, you know, most of them. And the, they've all been in some big things. So, I mean, it's not like Sam Elliott, this is his first movie, and he's talking about, you know, that this was one of the most difficult as far as physically and and just the amount of work put into it, it's not like he shows up and shoots for ten minutes and then goes hangs out in the trailer for a day and a half. And mm-hmm. you know, I'm looking forward to all of those. So hopefully, they all do pretty good. But I mean, uh, the 1932 seems pretty neat to see how. So it's kind of like uh, whoever the uh, offspring is that continues the line, whether it's John or Spencer, or how, however they work the storyline. By 1932, you know, they'd be almost 50 years old or 45 years mm-hmm. old. So they'll be the adult with their family. So, but yeah, that'll be interesting to watch. So we'll just see how those go. Well, yeah. And there's going to be, well, 1883. Uh, you're looking at uh, World War II is going to be, or excuse me, World War I is going to be coming up here pretty soon. Yeah. In the timeline. So does John or Spencer get drafted do they make it through the war both make it through the war does only one of them make it through the war you know there's all kinds of little questions that needed to be answered there because they would be what they would be in there because they were john was born around 1878 if he's five in 1883 Mm -hmm. so yeah so he would be about 340 well he no he'd be in his mid 40s come war world war one Okay. So he'd be a little old for it. Well, then maybe Spencer. Yeah, Spencer. Maybe, maybe Spencer gets drafted. Yeah, maybe five or seven years younger. He'd be in his early 30s, mid-30s, somewhere in there. Yeah. That's possible, too. So that could possibly happen for him. Or maybe it could happen for his one of his kids. His kids, right. Because if he's in his 30s, if he's in his 30s, then maybe he's already gotten married and had a kid. Right. Yeah. You know. Because you know they have to touch on uh, the current events of that day. Oh, yeah. And that's a major one to have to touch on. I mean, yeah. you just can't just step over World War One. So then if they if they do another jump ahead in time and split the difference about kind of how they did on this one, the next one would put them somewhere in the 70s. So we could watch Yellowstone in the 70s. That would be a, everybody, all the cowboys wearing bell bottoms. And uh, that would be an interesting show. You know, this episode was called the is episode eight, the weep of surrender, which is still continuing on that that relationship between Elsa and Sam, where she met last week. Which you know, the episode kind of begins with all of them are are rounding up the wild horses. I like that one part is they uh, is it Wayne Wade? He's standing out there with that other new cowboy, or they're on their horses, and uh, Elsa's out there mm-hmm. roping one of those horses, you know, cause Wade told him in last episode or a couple episodes ago, cause they were talking about how good a cowboy she's becoming. 
and he told her not to teach her to rope because then, you know, then she'll take all their jobs. But you see her out there roping that horse, and that's what he, Wade says, uh, you know, I thought I told you not to teach her to rope. And he's like, I didn't teach her anything. She's all in. But yeah, so they're out there trying to gather up the horses. And uh, they comment, uh, what's his name? Shay comments on it. Here's a little quick clip. Girl's starting to ride like a Comanche. That is a compliment, James. Yeah, because Shay tells James that, yeah, she's starting to ride like a Comanche, where she's getting to be such a good rider. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she rides so rough in the shop, you know, because she's been wearing pants because she, you know, doesn't wear a dress. So she's been wearing a Yeah, pants she's got her a nice pair of chaps. Yeah. Got her a nice pair of chaps this episode with fringe on it. And you know, my wife was like, oh, look at your chaps. How much you want to bet there's going to be fringe on it? Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm not going to take that bet because there's probably going to be. Yeah. And lo and behold, there was fringe on her chaps. Well, of course there would be. So, you yeah. know. It's got to be ornamented somehow. Sam's friend, which I don't, I couldn't find where they said his name. I thought I remembered him saying his name, but uh, he comments about her pants, you know, because where she tore a hole in them. But he's like, <laughs> not the Nika or the Taibo. <laughs> yeah, ha ha. He says you ride too good for white man pants. He's right. Yeah, like you said, so she, Sam gets her, the, gets him to make her the chaps. And Here's what's going to be interesting is she goes and leaves Sam and claiming she's going to come back to him. As soon as they get to Oregon, she's going to wait till the next spring and come back. And with the things, the way things have been going with her so far, it's like meet a guy, fall in love, have sex with him. Then that guy dies, and now she's leaving Sam, you know, who she met, fell in love with, had sex with, and now she's leaving. So I'm just wondering, like, how far? I mean, is it going to yeah, hold but, this time? Or but he's he like, but he's still there. Get, She's going to get a month or two out down the road, and she's going to be, yeah, he's there, but she left. Yeah, but, I mean, he's still alive, so why would, she, why would she abandon him? Well, I don't, I don't know. Because I, mean, you know, I, I don't think, because I don't think. Yeah, but I don't think she would have how, how come, uh, left. How come, how come when I went, how come when I went, how come when I went off in the army, my, uh, the girlfriend I had at the time, wife, cheated on me? Well, it's because she wasn't Elsa. You know what I'm saying? So like, she wasn't Elsa. Is she going? Well, we don't know what. So far, so far Elsa like has been a hundred percent. So far Elsa has been a hundred percent faithful until the until somebody kills her husband, and then she's just quick to move yeah. on. Now, if Sam dies, I could see her moving on, but uh, I think she's going to be dead before that or happens. Anyway, she gets. She gets two or three months down the road, and she gets lonely, and she decides, oh, I'm going to go you know, hang out with this guy, and that's going to be the next person she falls in love with. Yeah, but I don't see that. I, I don't see her. She's not giving up on anybody. Yeah. She's never gave up on anyone. It's, no. She's been 100% committed no. to it until they go away. Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe I'm cynical. Even her family, she's not leaving her family. 
until she's committing to what they had originally planned. I don't know. I just thought the whole thing with Sam was too fast, too quick. Mm, I don't know. I think I think something's going to happen between. Well, I think the 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 opening of episode one is going to happen this season. Um, I think that's already written mm-hmm. into this season, and I think either she's going to die or he's going to die. But I think one of them will be dead by the end of this season. This is what I understand. I thought I heard him say that she, she was seventeen. I thought I heard him say when the show started that she was. Oh, she was. I thought they said sixteen. No, seventeen, and then she turned eighteen well, on her birthday that one night when she kept asking her dad if he knew what the day was. Yeah, because she knew it was her birthday, but. It was just one of those. It was just going to pass by quietly. Nobody would acknowledge. Mm-hmm. But that was her 18th birthday. Yeah. So they've basically been traveling at least. Uh, they've been traveling for quite a while now. Um, yeah, because I think they started out in the spring. And, and they're, then they're still getting in, into the fall now. And they're still in Texas. And well, it's Texas. <clears throat> from where they left when they crossed into Texas, where they started, to the tip of Texas is farther mm-hmm. Than from where they're at now to Montana. Yes. That, well, I mean, Texas, Texas is a big is state. Everything. They're in a horse-drawn wagon. Yeah. So it's going to be. I mean, it's it's not that it increases in size because of that, but it's just the the ability to travel in that day as opposed to now. It's like you know, you stop, fill up with gas, and I can crawl up in the back seat, take a nap, and my wife can drive for a little while, then she can stop and get gas. And then she can crawl up in the back seat and sleep while I drive. So, I mean, we could make that journey a whole lot faster than right. we could back then. Well, yeah, you got to figure that – because you, know, you, you, you can watch most of the wag, wagon paces. People can be out walking and almost keep up with the wagon pace. So it's not that mm-hmm. far off. So they're not traveling much more than probably four miles an hour. If that, and that's not, that's when you're not going up and down little ruts and hills and rivers and, you know, stuff on a nice, mm-hmm. good trail. They're probably that's good tra- flat ground, right? They're traveling probably four miles an hour. So if you're figuring, okay, they've got about 900 miles to travel across the state or 800 miles, whatever it is, you're talking about 200 days. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a good uh, six eight months. And if they started in the spring, there's no way they're going to make it to Oregon. In, oh um, no! If they started in the spring down in Texas, they'll make it from Oregon in 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 one season. Right. They're going to have to stop somewhere and winter for, and then start again in the spring again, and then they may make it to Oregon. Right. Here's that opening they're scene. Just not gonna, they're not. You're not going to make that trip and then. Just a few months. Here's that opening scene. No books. No teachers. Not even my parents. I heard a thousand stories, but none could describe this place. It must be witnessed to be understood. And yet, I've seen it. And understand it even less than before I first cast eyes on this place. Some call it the American Desert. Others, the Great Plains. But those phrases were invented by professors at universities. 
surrounded by the illusion of order and the fantasy of right and wrong. To know it, you must walk it, bleed into its dark, drown in its rivers. Then its name becomes clear. It is hell. That's a pretty dramatic beginning to a TV show. Mm-hmm. And there are demons everywhere. And she's got beads in her hair. See, I don't know who they are. I don't know if they're... uh So I don't know. I don't know how to tell. I said no. Go. I will sell you. Or I will kill you. You speak English. How can you do this? You speak English. And all your people do this. But if this is her, and I'm in it, then I must be a demon too. I don't know. Uh, who knows? It's, it's she's gonna die though, because I I don't see her getting out of the battle that she's in. It's not like she's gonna kill all of them. She's got one pistol no. and she's already used half the ammo <clears throat> in it. Yep. So and the only way that uh, the, the Sam comes right now, she's up. going to survive that. Well, it possibly will come right up or. Just like in any other Western, the cliche cavalry comes over the hill right. and runs off the Indians. That's that's the only that's the only two options you got. Of course, and we didn't see her dad, so maybe her dad comes back. Yeah, because so I, uh, I don't know. know where they would all be. Well, we know they're not there. We know they're not dead there on the thing because of the little flashback where what is it, John's? Oh yeah, when they're little- sitting there at the table. Right. With the mother and the and the and they say he's out, you know, chasing down horse thieves or something like that. So he he did kill in that battle. 
Right. He may have been one of those deals where, like, several other times we've seen Kim and the uh, wagon train boss and the, the Buffalo soldier go riding off doing something, and then they circle back around right. to try to help out. It's possible. And maybe that's what's going to happen with that. Who knows? But, you know, so Elsa, yeah, she's, uh, whether she's committed or not, that's up, up to them. I don't know. So we'll find out. Yeah, we will. So, uh, you know, she's talking to her mom when she's in there telling her story, you know, talking about her dreams and swallowing her dreams. Do you want to go to Denver? I'm not factored what I want into this once. There's a map in your father's mind. No one can stop him from following it. No sense in trying. He said to trust him. I'm trusting him. Do you trust him? Know why he lets you run wild, don't you? Because he trusts me, too. Because he knows dresses is your future. No matter where we go. You're wearing dresses. And raising babies and sweating over a garden. And swallowing every dream you've ever had. Because that's all the world wants from you. You may find some place where we can hold the world off for a while, but they'll find us there too and bring all their rules with it. Is that not kind of rough on the daughter? You know, you have no options in this world. You know, she's looking at the world as, as nothing but options. I can do this, I can do this, I can do this, I can be, I'm, a, I'm the wife of a warrior. Yeah, and well, <clears throat> here's the th- here's the thing though. They're portraying this is Hollywood portraying 1883 through the lens of what they think 1883 was like. Right. Well, I imagine it was and worse than that. What the real but... actual? Because I mean, there were there were well, not no, there were there were there were successful women. Not at that point. They couldn't vote. They they weren't running they businesses. Yes, they were running businesses. They were running businesses owned by men. No, you they, a, a woman, there women, a woman making a living on their own. Very, very few because it was you couldn't get a loan. You couldn't. I, I guarantee Margaret couldn't go to a bank in Texas and get a loan. Most of that wasn't until like after World War One is when most of the women kind of. Because when the women's suffrage movement really start, that wasn't until in the twenties. Well, that's when it was. That was when it was ratified. Yeah, but I mean, she's laying it out to her that her only options are to raise a family, raise a garden, you know, be a wife, wear dresses, follow all the world's rules. And there were there were women that fought that, and I think Elsa would be one of those women. Either way. I don't know. It it doesn't seem like something that your mother would be telling you. Don't most parents tell your children that they can do anything? Because they can. If you start setting ceilings on them, whether they're there or not, that's going to even make it that much harder. But the whole idea with, uh, like you were saying, them not making it, which was uh, basically Shay's idea, too. So he grabs... uh, Joseph. Yeah. So he grabs him to get him to translate. So they go to talk to the people. Here, get a little quick clip of that. We've got eight wagons to make the trip to a comp. So they recovered six, or did they get one, some wagons from the bandits? 
or did they just rebuild pieces, parts, and make? Because at the end of the tornado, they only had two and a whole bunch of parts. But then they did that montage mm-hmm. scene of them repairing a lot of stuff. So did they rebuild, I guess, six wagons? Repair. That's what it sounds like. Right. We've got eight wagons to make the trip. To accommodate your belongings, only the very young and old can ride in the wagons. The rest of you must walk or sit a horse. And if you don't know how to ride, this ain't the place to learn. If we're lucky, and we haven't been yet, we'll reach Fort Laramie in October. That means crossing South Pass in the snow or staying the winter at the fort. Neither are safe. The other option is we head to Denver. We can be there in six weeks. There's a lot of good land in those valleys. It's a good place to call home. I think the Germans, I think, well, Joseph asked them if uh, if that land's free. It's not there. Um, so. Nicht nach Oregon gehen, sondern nach Denver. Unsere zweite Option wäre, unsere zweite Option wäre, nach Fort Laramie zu gehen und dort zu überwintern und dann im Frühjahr aufzubrechen. Kennst du Denver? Einen Moment, einen Moment. The land in Denver is free. It is not. And we're made in minus. Saying we were at home. But you're alive. If you want to push on, we'll push on in the spring. Yeah, the whole point of them going is for a better life. If if they stop, they're going to be exactly where they were as far as conditions. So then James, of course, steps up. He has to throw his two cents in. I'm heading north. Anyone wants to ride with me, you're welcome. Got good remuda horses, plenty of beef. And I can't think of a better place to learn to ride. You come with me, I ain't gonna baby you like he did. You're gonna work. You're gonna keep up, because I ain't crossing the mountains in the snow and I ain't wintering in no fort. You're gonna get them all killed. Now people die in Denver too. It's their choice. Question is, what you gonna do when they make it? Shots fired. So you think that they're gonna have to stop? Oh yeah, yeah. There's no way that they're gonna make it over the Rockies in the winter in the shape that they're in right now. And you got to think that that's the shape that they're in right now is only gonna deteriorate as they go along and as winter approaches. They're gonna get worse. No. So do you think that, uh, I, I guess I could kind of picture season one ending with them, you know, kind of finding a spot. Here's where we're staying. The beginning of season two kind of starting with everybody coming back together, preparing for the, the journey again. Thomas kind of calls Shay out for that. Yeah, because Thomas tells Shay that, you know, he needs to, uh, that he's staying with, how do you say her name? No, Noemi? Yeah. The gypsy lady. Yeah. You know, he tells Shay that, you know, he's never asked him for anything, but he, he the, the, that they can't make it without him, that they need him to stay and go with them, which then he agrees. I wonder how many times he's made this journey. I mean, because they're making it sound like he's an experienced trail boss type person. How many times has he made the trip back and forth across the continent? Yeah, sometimes <clears> it, <throat> the, yeah. it seems like, 
they've done it a dozen times, and then sometimes it seems like they've never done this before at all. Well, I mean, if they're gonna if they're gonna hire a guy to be a guide, then they're gonna hire. Realistically, you want to hire somebody that's been there and back again. Yeah, and knows the way. You know, what I'm saying knows what to expect. Right, and timelines, and so here's where we need he to may make have been by able, here. And yeah, exactly, and knows knows how to lay that kind of stuff out, and how many how much you're gonna need to get you know from place to place. <clears throat> right. So that's probably why he said that. He's probably been working with with the captain probably for several years going back and forth across the continent, you know, escorting wagon trains. Or they might've just been escorting people or wagon trains, you know, shorter distances, you know, from here, from, you know, point A to point B, but not to Oregon or I don't know if he's been that whole way, but like you said, Elsa decides that, uh, you know, she's, uh, she doesn't want to go with them. She wants to stay with, uh, with Sam. And that's what they Sam. I don't want to leave. You want this day? I don't need to see mountains. Mountains are worth seeing. You saying I should go? I'm saying mountains are worth seeing. We don't need wagons to see them. I can take you. It's settled. You'll take me then. It's settled. You'll take me. Then. Yeah, and Sam, he he tells her that uh, mountains are worth seeing. Yeah. The mountains are worth seeing, and she's like, "Oh, then take me." That would be the optimal. That would be the best thing, just for just to him to, you know, join up with the wagon training and go on. Yeah, but he's not going to do that. So. <laughs> we all know from watching the episode that's what happened. Yeah. No. No, he has to stay with his people, with his land, because uh, Oklahoma land's not his, Oregon land's not his, Montana land's not his. Their mm-hmm. land is is there. I like that, which kind of is, you know, talking about when he tells, when he's talking to uh, James about one day he'll find, you know, a land that is his, that is, that he'll, he'll know. And it's kind of worth, he doesn't say worth protecting, but basically worth protecting. And that's what the entire Yellowstone show is about, is, yes, is completing where James wanted to build a house big enough to where all his family could always be and nobody ever had to leave. Um, and that's what they did. Yeah. And he has all the land and, you know, tens of thousands of acres. And it's a, a constant political battle fight to keep it. I forgot about the buffalo. You know, they see they're out riding and they see buffalo and uh, she kills a buffalo. And, uh, and then eats it hard. Eats its heart. Its strength it is your strength. It. That's crazy. That's a big heart, too. I go, we sit in the softball. Eat. Almost a basketball sauce. Bite into it. Its strength is your strength. Its strength is your strength. 
And I imagine it's it's probably fine to do that. Surely, I mean, organ meat's the best meat. Doesn't get any fresher than that. Shouldn't be much bacteria on it or in no. it. So, I mean, I guess eating it raw is fine. But yeah, so they they do that. And uh, don't know if I could do that or not. Don't care how much strength I need. I think <laughs> I could just take a. I'd have to be really hungry. Just take a bite out of a freaking buffalo heart straight out of the chest. Yeah. So she's got to cruise around telling everybody. I killed a buffalo and I ate its heart. I killed a buffalo. <laughs> She's running around like a, a six-year-old. Her mouth is Hulk smash. Yeah, but then yeah, Sam uh, takes a horse and that wild stallion to James as uh, an endowment for Elsa as his his gift, the dowry. Mm-hmm. But the mom, I like that one. Margaret's like, what'd she say? So, shoot him, something. Yes, shoot him. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta do something. Stop it. You, this... Do something. Shoot him. But then that's what she uh, she tells him about. You know that they're she's eighteen now. So yeah, with Margaret and Elsa have a little conversation. I think get a clip of that too. I barely recognize you. Barely recognize me either. I'm happier for it. What's the worst that could happen to me, Mama? Mark my words, you will get hurt. How many dead lovers have you laid against? I've been plenty hurt. Don't talk to me about love. You barely understand the concept. I worked a sharecropper farm for three years, pregnant with you, while your father lay rotting in a war prison. And how old were you then? 17. Somehow you knew love of my age, but I don't understand the concept. It's different. It's not different. It's exactly the same. Here's the difference. You are my child. When you fall down, and you will, it is my duty to pick you up. I can't do that if I don't know where you are and if I don't know what you've become. It's not your duty anymore, Mother. I love you. But I'm a woman. I pick myself up. I'll ride with you to Oregon. Then I know where to come if I ever need a place to start over. Maybe I'll just visit. Bring your grandchildren. So... Is there some form of ceremony? No ceremony. All I ask, have a ceremony. Say vows before God. So this at least has a chance. He saved my life. Twice. Saved your husband's life too. I don't need to ask God's permission to love him. God sent him. God sent him. Because to me, her falling in love with him that fast wasn't as big a, uh, a a decision to me as it was, okay, I'm staying with him, okay, I'm going, I'm coming back. Um, that back and forth to me was what was a little confusing. Yes. It should be dead in two episodes anyway, so. Yeah. Should we thought shot through the gut with an arrow? But here's the thing. She can't actually be shot through the gut with an arrow. Because that would mean that the little boy there is not her son. It's John's little brother. Yeah. 
or depends how far along this is. This could be the end of season two, the Arrow thing, and they could be way up in uh, Oklahoma or uh, Montana or still looks like mostly Plains land, though. Mm-hmm. But so she's uh, either way, she's uh, now the wife of a warrior. So here's one last little clip. Felt their eyes move over me. Felt their pity and disapproval. And it meant nothing to me. The only thing that mattered was riding away. Just as I was riding away from him. As I pondered the new journey before me, making it back to him, they watched the tears run my cheeks, and I let them. I didn't turn my face or wipe them away. Tears we can't control. Sobs and weeps are little surrenders. And I will surrender nothing to the pain. Tears may flow, but I will not weep. I am the wife of a warrior now. Which is to say, I am a warrior. And warriors don't cry. Because it just comes down to, <clears throat> is this love? Because... Who knows if the others were love, which I imagine uh, with Enos, we didn't have an opportunity to find out, didn't last long enough. Mm-hmm. But uh, if it is, it will be, because love don't quit, right? Well, I'm going to get off here now, Dave. All right. Well, you I'll talk to you later. All right. See you. Right, bye. See you, man. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others. Post about it on social media or leave a rating and a review. To catch all the latest from us, you can go to sociallysensitive.com and follow us on Instagram at sociallysensitive and on Twitter at sociallysense. Thanks again, and see you next time.